I'm going to move on in a little, just a, a touch of review, not, not a great deal, but review some, some power and some principles. Uh, you know, we've talked at length since we all began together last spring, summer, whenever it was, about dominion, power and dominion in believers. And it's a message that uh, I have to go back. You know, I, I get, to, get to teaching and I get to going through a lot of stuff. And, and I have, I've had to go back. I wrote up a vision statement oh, back in late July, early August. I had to go back and read that the other day to make sure I don't get off track. Because it's easy to teach a lot of principles. But, you know, it's kind of like you have to keep track of what was the focus and bring it back to the focus because all the word's good. And we've taught a lot about growing our faith and being able to hear from the Lord, Holy Ghost, uh, the Holy Spirit dwelling, and so on and so forth. Uh, well, that all has a purpose. It's just not te- mundane teaching, as I've expressed here more than once. If I thought of just mundane, we're all going to get all spiritual, I'd go home right now and find something else to do. But the thing is, it leads to vision. And, and I just felt this morning, we didn't prepare it a lot ahead of time, but I, I thought it's time to share a little more vision, at which I will do at the end of this. Let us find out a little bit about the power. Let's go to Matthew 27. I just felt like I wanted to uh, uh, bring forth this. And let's start down here. And it's in the middle of crucifying of Jesus. It's in the middle of this. And we'll pick it up here. Verse 37. And we'll read on through here a little bit. And they put up on his head the accusation written against him. This is Jesus, the king of the Jews. Then two robbers were crucified with him, one on the right and another on the left. And those who passed by blasphemed him, wagging their heads and saying, You who destroy the temple and build it in three days, save yourself. If you are the Son of God, come down from the cross. Likewise, the chief priests also mocking with the scribes and elders said, He saved others himself. He cannot save. He is the king of, if he is the king of Israel, let him now come down from the cross and we will believe him. He trusted in God, let him deliver him now if he, if he will have him, for he said, I am the Son of God. Even the robbers who were crucified with him reviled him with the same thing. You stand in this word of God and you come forth of this, you'll be reviled. Not everybody's going to like you for your stand. They didn't like him. They don't like you. But a lot of times they'll revile you because it's not popular to like what you stand for. And all I can say is get used to it. (laughs) We make choices. Get used to that. Get used to the fact that not everybody's uh, all excited about where you're at with your life. But hang in there like Sandy said, you know, don't don't give up. Now, verse 45. That was just an add-on. Now from the sixth hour until the ninth hour, there was darkness over all the land. And about the ninth hour, Jesus cried out with a loud voice, saying, Eli, Eli, lama, sabachoth, something or other, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? Some of those who stood there when they heard that said, this man is calling for Elijah. Immediately one of them ran and took a sponge, filled it with sour wine, put it on a reed and gave it to him to drink. The rest said, let him alone. Let us see if Elijah will come to save him. Jesus, when he had cried out again with a loud voice, yielded up his spirit. And behold, the veil of the temple was torn in two from top to bottom. And the earth quaked and the rocks were split. 
and the graves were open, and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. Now, I've done a little reading. This temple was originally 40 feet high. They say, I read something that said King Herod added another 20 feet. That means this curtain was somewhere between 40 and 60 feet high. It's documented it was at least four inches thick. Now behind that was the Holy of Holies. Behind that, the only people that could go in there were the priests one time a year to make atonement for the people. One time a year, atonement for their sins. You might say it like this, God was in a box. He was. He was in a, he was in a man-made temple, a temple made with hands, residing back there, available only to the priest, the high priest at that time. Now get a picture of this. When he gave it up, that thing was rent from top to bottom. And later, as he had prophesied, that temple was totally destroyed. Why? God was done making man-made temples to house himself. Well, what's the significance for you and me? At that point, you might look at it like this. God was released from that box and became available to you and I by the blood. So when we talk about power and authority and discipline and vision, I want to tell you something, brothers and sisters. When this happened, it was the power of Almighty God coming out of there, going into your life to change your life forever, and all you had to do was accept it. It's not diminished. It's not diminished. You know, I thought about this the other day. I, I, Sandy and I were visiting, and some things just pop out when we visit because she's a Holy Ghost woman, and I just love visiting with my wife. But I got to thinking about the church in America. It's not only diminished the Word of God, it's discarded it. None of this has any importance. None of it. They don't understand anything about the power of this gospel. I believe part of my call is to get that power uh, available. I mean, to make that power, I don't want to, aware, I want you to be aware of what is in you. And not let it go dormant. Fired up. Fired up. This is a powerful thing. When you think about the supernatural event that took place, that's powerful. That's God. The, the significant is there was no man. Even to this day, we might have machinery that would take a, a veil that thick and split it like that. Maybe we do, but maybe we don't. I don't know. It was a supernatural event. And like I said, at that point, God was never going to make another handmade, man-made temple to house himself. Temple now is our flesh, flesh and blood. Amen? Amen? Praise the Lord. So the rest of that's powerful, of course. Uh, you know, it said that the graves were open and many bodies of the saints who had fallen asleep were raised. I don't know who they were. And coming out of the graves after his resurrection, they went into the holy city and appeared to many. We're talking about a major supernatural transition, were we not? And in all these, these couple thousand plus years since then, men have 
vacillated back and forth of what all does that mean, and some got a little bit of it, some more got a little more. I've been reading a lot about revivals. It's amazing how many, how many people really never got the picture and how many people did get the picture and how many people they had to get rid of because they had the picture. <laughs> so, but, you know, the other thing is then, uh, let's go to John uh, one twelve, just John chapter 1. said here in the, in the beginning, chapter 1, verse 1, said, in the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. It didn't call him Jesus there, but that's the insinuation. We all believe it. That's the, Jesus is the Word. Anyway, he was in the beginning with God, and all things were made through him, and without him nothing was made that was made, and in him was life, and the life was the light of man. And the light shines in the darkness, and the darkness is not comprehended. Amen. Amen. Does not comprehend it. Don't be disappointed when people out there don't comprehend what you're saying and believing. Don't be disappointed because they don't comprehend it. But now let's go to verse 12 because this is the, but as many as received him, to them he gave the right, I wrote down all the time because I, I spent a lot of time in the regular King James, and to them he gave the power. I always liked that better. He gave the power to become the sons of God. Now what does that say to you and I? He gave you power to be his sons. Now, I just did a little thing here. You know, uh, I looked that word up, but as many as received him to them, he gave, uh, the word is exosia. And that can mean right, privilege, force, capacity, competency, freedom. It can also mean in a mastery event, you know, uh, uh, like magistrates or superhuman potentates, you know, people with control. But it also means delegated influence, authority, jurisdiction, liberty, right, power, and strength. Think about all those things. To as many as received him, he gave all that. What else would you like? Well, he was the word, right? So with that, it's the word of God that brings power. Sandy shared some things earlier that are very, very powerful. Very powerful. Those scriptures that sometimes look so innocent when they're black and white on your Bible there, sometimes they're not just innocent. There's power in those things. And all you have to do is get it out of the box, right? Keep it out of that box. Get it in the midst of your heart. Amen? See, that's the power of the gospel. Getting a handle on that. It's not just another religious event. It's a transfer of power that's invested in you, 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 all of us. And I guess the other question is, what will we do with that power? Amen? Is that a rhetorical question? You know, another thing as I thought about this, um, and just spending a little bit of time, uh, let's go to uh, a Roman 10. And Sandy uh, mentioned something about confessions. So we'll be sliding into that a little bit here. Let's go to Romans 10, 8. But what does it say? The word is near you, even in your mouth and in your heart. And over in Deuteronomy 30, uh, basically I believe that came out of there. Um, I read that here a while back. It, It has, the word is near you and you can do it. I love that scripture. 
Pat's got her amplified. We might find that later. I, I imagine she does. But anyway, it says it's even in your mouth and in your heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. So he's bringing the mouth and the heart into a functioner, is he not? And then in verse 9, he says that if you confess with your mouth the Lord Jesus Christ and believe in your heart that God has raised him from the dead, you will be what? Saved. Saved. Amen. Another preacher in residency. (laughs) For with the heart one believes to righteousness... And with the mouth, confession is made unto salvation. Now, just a little uh, byline here. We've touched on this a time or two. But that word saved is a word that absolutely means the whole package. The whole atonement. Saved. Healed. Delivered. Prospered. Everything. If you ever want to know what it really means, I I like to say go back and read the curses in uh, Deuteronomy 28. It talks about the blessings and the curses. Uh, And then, of course, Galatians says, I've been redeemed from the curse. That's salvation. If we could get ourselves up to speed, we would believe for our healing just as easy as we believe we're saved. It was all in the same package. It wasn't separated. Now, believe it or not, if you ever read people like John G. Lake and some of those uh, pioneers that brought a great, great healing revival to the nation, there's many others. But we, at one time, Sandy and I were, were drawn to that man. It was so supernatural. We wound up in a library in Spokane, Washington, trying to find anything about this man that we could. We get in that library, and I began to read sermons. Now, there's books, too. You can find them in his books. But, you know, you get an overview when you begin to kind of seek out a situation. God will show you things behind that. And you know what I saw in this man? There was over 100,000 documented healings in Spokane, Washington from about, I'm going to say 19, uh, I want to say 1916 or so to 1921, somewhere in there. I don't know if I've got the right years, but it's about a five-year period. 100,000 documented healings. And so he would go into these other churches and he was an eloquent speaker he could you know he could speak and his wife was a stenographer and that's the only reason we have any record of his sermons and do you know what the majority and i'm talking about so-called holy spirit filled churches as they would call them pentecostals that should believe the whole they call the whole gospel full gospel do you know what? At that time, I could, see his, I could hear his heart crying because they would call healing a side issue. Oh, it's a side issue. To this day, I can guarantee you there's, there's denominations out there that say they're full gospel, but if you go in there and you talk about healing, they say, oh, it's a side issue. How do you think Jesus feels about that one? Yeah, side issue. Bible says, by his stripes we've been healed. How'd you like to get beat, beat half to death like that and then have somebody said it was a side issue? Well, I'm sure, sure his side hurt. <laughs> his back hurt, his head hurt, his, 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 you know, his crown with glory. But, I mean, it's like he paid that price so we could have the whole thing. Amen? Make you want to have the whole thing, doesn't it? Makes you want to be glad that he's not in the box anymore. 
makes you want to be glad that all the power that's available is right in your heart. He set up his temple in your life, in your body, in your, in your, you. That's like, I've heard it say many, illustrated in a lot of different ways, but that's like if you've got $50 million in a box somewhere and, and you still think you're poor. That's how, that's how you can be as a believer, with all that power in you and all that invested in you. And that Bible you're holding is full of the Word, and every word in there has power. Every word in there has a significance. And we've got it all right here before us. You know, you hear people say crazy things. Well, let's see, right, right here, um, that word also in verse 10. I just read it, but, I, but I, I, we might have passed over this. For the, with the heart believes to what? Righteousness. You are righteous because of this word. Have you ever heard people say, oh, you know, they're trying to be a real religious. And they'll say, oh, I'm so unworthy. Well, I know I'm worthy. Uh, for one thing, my great-grandpa was worthy co. My grandpa was Gilbert worthy. My dad was Gail worthy. But I'm worthy because of the blood of Jesus Christ that was shed for me. Yeah, my flesh, it doesn't have to be worthy. I've inherited worthy. I've inherited Who am I worthy to? I'm really, you know, every time I hear, you know, that good song that he's worthy to receive our praises. Yes, he is. But I'm worthy to receive his blessings, aren't you? And every other thing that is available to us that he's made for us. What are we leaving on the table? We're only leaving those things on the table that we don't know. I made a, mistake, a statement here a couple weeks ago that I shared some things that I thought were kind of, kind of strong, and it says, now you're accountable to that. And you know, that sounds kind of crazy, and I didn't mean it in any arrogant way, but it's just the truth of the matter. That word comes into you, it's there, and you have no excuse. Like, Lord, well, you know, how come you didn't do this? You know, well, uh, I just forgot about it. Yeah, right. Well, you know, out there... In, in the legal world, in the legal world, what is it? Uh, absence of the knowledge of the law is no excuse. But in the Word of God, you've got a right to hear it, and that's why God makes sure that Word is everywhere. You know, you'd have to live under your bed with all the—I mean, all your earplugs on and your everything on today—not to hear some Word. It's all over your television set. I mean, it's all over the radio. It's all—it's everywhere. Amen. No excuse. Amen? Praise the Lord. So how many is worthy here today? How many is righteous? What does that mean? It means you can receive everything he has. But the other thing it means is, let's go to Hebrews. Praise God. Well, I wanted to go to uh, Hebrews 3. Just speaking of Jesus here. Hebrews chapter 3. Said, therefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our confession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him who appointed him, as Moses also was faithful to all his house. Now, the idea is here, Jesus is the word. He brought forth the word. Going back to a couple comments Sandy made earlier, 
When you confess the word that he that came out of his mouth and onto the, the lips of the Holy Ghost and into people's hearts, he is the high priest of that and he will make sure it comes to pass. That's his job. He'll fight for you when you express the word in your daily life or in the marketplace, wherever it is. He is the high priest. He paid a price for that. He's been seated at the right hand of the Father. He's got the authority. He's there to make intercession for the saints. He'll fight for you. We need to make sure we've given him something to fight for us, don't we? But see, that other thing that happened in there, and it's right in here somewhere, but he says, come boldly there before the throne of grace. In other words, after all these things that, that he did, the curtain, the, all those things, brought it forth, brought forth the power of it. He did it so you can step into that throne of grace. You're clean before him, and you can talk to him. He said, come boldly in there. Don't shirk back and say, well, I don't want to get, bother God with this little thing that's bothering me today. No, he's there. The little things and the big things. And you need to go in there with confidence. Not only confidence of what he said he can do, but confidence that he's there to receive you. You're clean by the blood. You're righteous. Everybody say, I'm righteous. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. I've been cleansed. I'm clean. And God wants to talk to me all the time. I often think, you know, we want to hear from the Lord. I often think about how much He'd like to get over to us if we could just open our ears. If we could stop our heavy life, you know, our busy, busy life. Got to do this, got to do that. I often think, man, what He could pour into us if we just stop and let Him. No, not now, God. No, not not now. Uh, I realize that when I'm doing podcasts, they can't hear my voice. They can't see my my hands. I had to figure that one out. <laughs> so I'll be a little more descriptured. Uh, so it's not like the policeman that's stopping traffic. Not now, God. Now, I know that's not you, but it's been me. There's been times that I just really thought, I have a choice right at this moment. I, I can run out there and do this, whatever it is, move some snow or fix the tractor or whatever it is, or I could stay here a few more minutes because I think God wants to speak to me about something. And then make a decision. Does that sound crazy? It's not you, is it? But it's been me a time or two. I hate to admit it, but it's the truth. So let's go to, uh, just turn over to chapter 10 in Hebrews. Let's just start in verse, uh, in verse 10, verse 19. Uh, I mean, chapter 10, verse 19. Therefore, brethren, having boldness to enter the holiest by the blood of Jesus, by a new and living way, which he consecrated for us through the veil that is his flesh, and having a high priest over the house of God, let us draw near with a true heart in full assurance of faith, having our hearts sprinkled from an evil conscience and our bodies washed with pure water. Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering. For he who promised is faithful. Praise the Lord. A lot to consider, isn't it? You know, my, your eyes can't help but slip over to uh, other scriptures in verse 36. 
Verse 35, therefore do not cast away your confidence, which has great reward. For you, for you have need of endurance, so that after you have done the will of God, you may receive the promise. And yet a little while, and he who is coming will come and will not tarry. Now the just shall live by faith. But if anyone draws back, my soul has no pleasure in him. Tell you, brothers and sisters, we've got a powerful thing in the Word of God. It's just a challenge to get more. We need more. We need more. And like I say, my part is to bring forth these things, bring some revelation of these things that are, some of them fairly simple. I mean, some of them, it's just like, well, it's there. You've heard it before and so on. But somehow there's a reality in the power of it. There's a reality of it. It's, it's kind of like having that powerful, powerful tractor out in the field. It's been sitting there. It's got 9,000 horsepower. It can pull everything. But if you never started, it goes nowhere. You can think of any kind of an illustration you want. That's like the Word of God. There's, there's 9 million horsepower in the Word of God. But until we grab a hold of it, start drinking it in, Start realizing it needs to have a priority in our life. It's not just kind of thing that we need a little bit more next Sunday and then the next Sunday or any of that. It's like a daily drinking in of this, this, this power. Because to as many as received Him, to as many as received Him, or you could say to everybody that receives Him, to them He gives this kind of power. Everybody. Might as well be you and me, right? We want our portion, do we not? Yes. Praise the Lord. As we learn how to operate this, that's when things begin to change in our life. Like Sandy says uh, about those scriptures. I mean, just find one. <laughs> find one, anyone. And live in it for a while. Because the next thing you know, you'll, you're, you'll get so hungry for the next one. And the next one. And God will lead you through all these things. And the next thing you know, there's another format in your life that you didn't know was there. Well, praise the Lord. If I don't have any more notes, maybe I'm done. I didn't have many notes when I started. Praise the Lord. Pat, if you've got, is that that Amplified Bible today? And I read this one other time, but I, mine is all marked up and I can always find that in Deuteronomy. But I think we'll, we'll try to find it. I just want to read it out loud to you today. It's just... Just a, a little add-on here. Okay, I like this. And this is in Deuteronomy 30. You might want to make it in your notes. Find it yourself in verse 11. For this commandment which I command you this day is not too difficult for you. You know, the Jesus, Jesus commandment was to love one another, right? Love our neighbors as ourselves. Not too difficult. Love the Lord your God and so on. Uh, so this commandment which I command this day is not too difficult for you, nor is it far off. Not far off. It is not a secret laid up in the heaven that you should say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it to us that we may hear and do it? We don't have to send somebody else to get this stuff. It's nice if we had somebody to send, but... He didn't want that. He wants, you to, he wants you in relationship. Now, verse 13. Neither is it beyond the sea that you should say, Who shall go over the sea for us and bring it to us, that we may hear and do it. Verse 14. 
but the word is very near you in your mouth and in your mind and in your heart so that you can do it. Amen. Verse 15, then see, I have set before you this day life and good, death and evil.